Welcome to the evening episode of Honey in the Rock. We hope you've had a great day and we've got a great show ahead for you. Stick with us. This evening's episode is titled, The Lord is My Strength and My Shield. Before we go any further, we'll begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for Thy word. We thank Thee, Lord, for speaking to us today. Lord, we, as David was saying, the Lord, You are our strength. You are the saving strength of Your anointing. Father, we pray, asking You to save Thy people, if there be any that haven't known You today in the power of Your resurrection, and bless Thine inheritance, Lord, that You've adopted to become sons. Feed them also and lift them up forever. So, Father, we thank Thee for the stored food that You've given us, Lord, in excess. We thank Thee, Lord, that You have set, Father, ministers over us, teachers, and so forth, evangelists, Lord, to minister unto Your bride. And we know also, Lord, you, the Scriptures tell us that the bride hath made herself ready. So give us each diligence to prepare for your soon coming that we may be found ready. In the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to Psalms chapter 28. Psalm 28, a Psalm of David. Unto thee will I cry, O Lord, my rock. Be not silent to me, lest if thou be silent to me, I become like them that go down into the pit. Hear the voice of my supplications when I cry unto thee, when I lift up my hands toward thy holy oracle. Draw me not away with the wicked, and with the workers of iniquity, which speak peace to their neighbors, but mischief is in their hearts. Give them according to their deeds, and according to the wickedness of their endeavors. Give them after the work of their hands. Render to them their desert. Because they regard not the works of the Lord, nor the operation of his hands, he shall destroy them and not build them up. Blessed be the Lord, because he hath heard the voice of my supplications. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoiceth, and with my song will I praise him. The Lord is their strength, and he is the saving strength of his anointed. Save thy people and bless thine inheritance, Feed them also, and lift them up forever. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham titled, Broken Systems. This was preached in 1964 on July the 26th in the evening. We'll begin at paragraph 66 up to paragraph 133. I trust you'll find it to be a blessing. Today I was talking with my good friend Dr. Lee Vail. He's present now. And he's a, quite a theologian. And so we usually have some, have some pretty good discussions on the Scripture. Very smart. And he asked me one time what I thought about the initial evidence of the Holy Ghost. Was it speaking in tongues? It's been many years ago. I said, no. Can't see that. He said, neither do I. I said, though I've been taught that. He said, what would you think would be an evidence? I said, the most perfect evidence I can think of is love. 
And so we got talking on that. And then I thought that sounded pretty good, so just help that if a man's got love. But one day the Lord, in a vision, straightened me out. And he said that the evidence of the Spirit was those who could receive the Word. Neither love nor speaking in tongues, but receiving the Word. And then Dr. Vail was saying to me that that is scriptural. He said, because in John 14, Jesus said, when He, the Holy Ghost, has come upon you, He will reveal these things to you that I've taught you and will show you things to come. So there is the genuine evidence of the Holy Ghost. He's never told me anything wrong yet. That it is. The evidence of the Holy Ghost is He who can believe the Word. You can receive it. Because Jesus never said when the Holy Ghost has come, you'll speak with tongues. He never said the Holy Ghost come, you do any of those things. But He said, He will take these things of mine and show them to you. And will show you things that is to come. So there is the genuine evidence of the Holy Ghost according to Jesus Himself. So all these sensations and things that people have and still live on, you can see why they do it. See, it becomes a denomination or stagnated pool. And there will never be a denomination made upon the the perfect Word of God. It can't do it because you can't nominate or denominate God. No, sir. The reason is you get a bunch of men who can believe the Word. Let them start an organization. The first thing you know, in a year's time, there's a bunch of Rickies in there that you couldn't do nothing with. They got a hole and you can't do nothing about it. It's not God's system. It isn't. So we know that that thing's out and becomes a cistern. And it becomes a place where each one will compromise on this, that, or the other to get members in there. Or let people come in. We find out this system started one time back in the Israelite days when they were digging these cisterns. And there was a man and a bunch of Pharisees who had dug some cisterns. And they had a man named Herod. And he was a proclamator, governor of the state. And he come down to hear a man that didn't fool with their denominations. He was a prophet. And no prophet ever had anything to do with the denomination but hated it. This prophet began to say, Don't you begin to say it in yourselves we have Abraham to our father because I tell you that God's able these stones to rise children of Abraham. And they brought out a dignitary to hear him. And this dignitary had tucked his brother's wife away from him and married her. What did that man walk out to his face and say? They thought he would compromise and say, Now, sir, you, you have your nice seat over here. And you already, I'm so glad you're here to hear me today. John walked right up in his face and said, It's not lawful for you to have her. Amen. The very first thing he said, he bawled him out for his sin. Amen. See, denominations make stagnant pools. Where men can live with women and then women can carry on and cut their hair and wear shorts and anything else and call themselves Christians. But a genuine fountain, hallelujah, of the power of God, it can't stay there because it pushes it out. I am the fountain of living waters. They left me to dig themselves some cisterns. Now a fountain of living water. We find out what is a fountain of living water. We find out what the cistern is. Now, what is a fountain of living water? It's an artesian well. An artesian well, what's that, Brother Brown? It's a well 
that uh, it uh, always comes from beneath and pushes this water out. It's flowing all the time. It is self-supporting, always fresh and clean. An artesian well, a fountain of living water. It's not dead and stagnated. It's living. It's constantly changing, bringing up something new all the time, <laughs> moving on, coming from its resources. It draws its resources from, from its bed, which is a, still a fountain of living water spraying up. Self-cleansing is clean, pure, clean water. It's self-supporting. You don't have to wait for the rains to fill its tank up. It's always a bubbling up. Gives its water free. You don't have to pump it, wind it, twist it, or join it. <laughs> it's just a fountain of living waters. You know, you take these old cisterns, you have to crank it and crank it and crank it and pump them and everything to get a little less stagnated water out. But a fountain of living water gives it out free without pumping, joining anything else. Oh, I'm glad for that fountain. Yes, sir. It needs no strainer on it to take the parasites out. For it's coming so deep down there in the rock until there's no parasites there. It don't have to have an educational rag hanging on it. <laughs> That's right. Some whirly-made system of man-made denominational wisdom to tell you before a psychiatrist whether you're able to preach or not. It don't have one of those filthy rags hanging on it. <laughs> it push it right off as soon as you put it on there. You can't do it. That well is bubbling up all the time. You put one of them rags on it, throw it from out of the one side or the other. It don't have no time for a denominational rag on it. You don't need no filter, no strainer, no pumping, no jerking, no nothing else. It's just there bubbling up. It don't have to depend on local rains to fill it up. Rains are revivals. Where that fountain that's at that fountain of life, where the carcass is, the eagles will gather. You don't have to pump up a revival. You don't have to pump up nothing. Only thing you have to do is just come to the fountain. Amen. It's always full of good fresh water, and there's no end to it. It just keeps on bubbling. You don't have to go to the sister and say, well, if it rains and washes off the barn, we'll have something to drink. <laughs> my, my. Not this, that artesian well spurting forth good cold water all the time. You can depend on it. You don't have to say, well, I'll go to this old cistern we used to drink out of it. It hasn't rained in a long time. I'll tell you, it may be dry. That's the way some of these man-made systems are. You can go in if you've got a big something going on, a big caboose selling something or, or some kind of a, something going on, a big parties and things going on, bunco games and parties in the basement and everything, you might find a full house. But where you go to where that fountain is bubbling up, always the people there are getting a good cold drink of water. You can depend on it. Say they haven't had a revival for 10 years. If you live with that fountain, she's always got a revival going on. Like the little Welshman said uh, one time when they had the Welsh revival going on, there's some dignitaries from the States. Some of these great doctors of divinity went over to 
Wales to find out where and what all this was about. So they had on their turnaround collars and their plug hats and this walking down the street and here come a little cop along whirling his little billy club in his hand whistling down at the cross where my Savior died. Down there for cleansing from sin I cried. There to my heart was a blood applied glory to his name walking down the street. So they said this seems to be a religious man we'll go ask him. And they said mister. He said yes sir. He said we are here from the United States. We're a delegation. We come over here to investigate the Welsh revival, so-called. We are doctors of divinity, and we are here to look it over. He said, we want to know where the revival is and where it's held. He said, sir, you have arrived. <laughs> I am the Welsh revival. <laughs> the Welsh revival is in me. Here's where it's at. That's the way it is when you live by that fountain of living waters. It's living all the time, bubbling over and over and over and over. There's no end to it. Now go see if some water. If we had a rain here not long ago, that's not it. It's that fountain of living water. As I say, it gives us water free. You don't have to put rags on it to find out some educational rags for you. Send him out to preach and see if he spells his words right, speaks them right. If he uses the nouns and pronouns and so forth and adjectives. Many of them don't even know what they are. But he's living at the fountain just the same. So you just say, it don't have to depend on the local rains to fill it up or the local revivals. For it, it don't have to do that. For its power and its purity is within itself. That's where the Word is. Its own power. When a man can receive it in his heart, it's got its purity. It's got its power. It's right in the Word itself. Springs forth to life. Israel would get away from it. They'd get in trouble. Every time they got away from it, they got in trouble. The same as we do now. When the revival gets away from that, then it's no good. It digs itself some wells and, or some stagnated cisterns, and there it goes. But he always helped them. The murmuring at the Red Sea. Then, when they murmured, yet in all that he had promised, made them a promise, he should have turned them back right there the way we'd look at it. But he had promised to take them over there. What did he do? Them children of Israel, he furnished them the pillar of fire and everything for vindication, their prophet. And they led him out there to the sea and always his trouble against it. And here come the Pharaoh and his army. And you know what God did? He just opened up that red stagnated cistern. The dead sea is the deadest thing in the world. It's really dead. It's stagnated. Nothing can live in it. And he opened it up and set them free on the other side. He took them to where they wouldn't have to be bound by such a thing as that. In the wilderness, they found that the tanks could not be depended on. They were dry. Found out they go from one water hole to another. When they was in the wilderness, they're starving to death for a drink of water. And they go to this tank over here. A pond. It is dried up. They went to another place. It was dried up. They just couldn't think they was ever going to get a drink. And then on the most unlikely place in all the desert, they found the water. It was in a rock. It was in a rock. The most unlikely place that a man would find any water would be in a dry rock in the middle of a desert. But you see, God does things like that. In the most unlikely place, in the most unusual way. 
That's what we've always had. They think you have to have a big denomination so together and let them all come together and have a great big milling around and so forth and get thousands to cooperate and all like this to have a revival. Sometime God takes the little old guy, don't even know his ABCs. And right amongst a bunch of illiterate people that hardly know his right hand from the left, he can raise up a revival that'll shake the world. He did it in the time of John. He'd done it in the time of the prophets. None of them, as we know of, was ever educated. But God could get a hold of them and do something with them. In this rock came forth the waters. He was the rock. And He commanded this rock and must be smoked. And He gave abundance of pure, fresh, clean water to everybody that would drink. He saved all who would drink from it. A perfect parallel, John 3.16. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, whosoever believeth on Him should not perish, but would have everlasting life. God smote that rock on Calvary. Our judgment is upon Him, that from Him might come the Spirit of life that would give you and me eternal life. That's a perfect parable of it there in this wilderness. They never had to pull, dig, pump, or anything, just partake of His provided way freely. When they didn't have to dig it out of a pond, they didn't have to pull it up with a bucket, they didn't have to have no window to get it with, they just had to partake of it. And that's all there is now. You don't have to join nothing. You don't have to get out the altar and work up something, pump in it. You don't have to say a word over and over and over until you get a confusion of language. The only thing you have to do is just partake of Him freely. God's provided way. No pumping, no pushing, no nothing. Just take of it freely. Nothing you have to do, just partake of it. That is just believe it. That's all I can say to it. They never had to do anything for it. Never had to dig for it. They never had to get down and cry all night for it. They just partook of it. It was smitten and ready. That's right. I'm looking at a man now, sitting in the back of the room here. I remember telling that on an old barn stall one day by a manger. And he said, but I'm no good. I said, I know you're not. And I said, I'm not either. But I said, you're looking at what you are. Quit looking at what you are and look what he is. He said, if I could just get rid of these cigarettes, Brother Branham, I'd be a Christian. I said, don't get rid of them. You're trying to get good and then come to him. He never come to save good men. He come to save bad men and know they were bad. He said, well, I said, listen, you don't want to go to hell, do you? He said, no. I said, well, you don't have to. He died that you might not have to go. He said, what do I have to do? I said, nothing. It's just that simple. He said, but if I can ever, I said, there you go back to that cigarette again. Quit thinking about that cigarette. Just remember, think about Him. What He did, what He is. Not what you are, you're no good, and you never was, never will be. But what He is. He's the one. And I said, now the only one thing you have to do, if He took your place down there, you just willingly accept what He did. The only thing you have to do is just accept it. Well, I said, that's simple, I'll do that. I said, here's the creek. I brought Him up here and baptized Him in the name of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Some of these people are sitting here, and I, I know uh, they felt funny at me for doing that. But I know what I was doing. I seen in the man something that was genuine. I could see it there. And I took him and baptized him in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when we did that, it wasn't long after that, till I was one down to his son's house, we seen a, a vision of a tree being broke at a certain place. And the man fell, almost broke his back. 
took him in the hospital. And that night, the Lord revealed to me that was the end of cigarettes. So the next day, he wanted some cigarettes. I said, I'll buy him a carton and take it to him. <laughs> you just watch and see. His cigarette days are done. He's never smoked one since, never wanted one since. God, see, the first thing you've got to do is to come to that fountain. You've got to come to that water. Realize it's nothing that you can do. It's what he done for you. You don't have to dig. You don't have to pump out. You don't have to quit this. You don't have to quit that. The only thing you have to do is get there and drink. That's all if you're thirsty. Drink. Now, he was the rock. God smote him for us. And he gave forth abundance of pure, clean water. He does yet today to everyone that will Amen. believe. This is his grace, of course, to his people, us. There's something like there, like the people of today, ready to receive what they can get, but don't want to give any service in return. Israel was ready to, to drink from the rock now, but they didn't want to give God his service that was doing and He's always given us a service. You know, we can't even breathe without Him. We can't breathe without God's service. That's how dependent we are on Him. And yet, it almost breaks us in two if we try to do, have to do something for Him. He asks us to do something. Go see somebody. Go pray for somebody. Go help somebody. It almost breaks us up to do it. But we don't want to do anything to Him for service. His complaint was, they have forsaken me, the Word. And have accepted a broken cistern instead. Except they have forsaken me, the fountain of life. The fountain of water, of life. And they desire and would rather drink from a stagnated cistern. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine a person now that here's an artesian well is putting out that fine limestone water right out of the heart of the rocks down there in the sand beds and so forth, just as cold and good as it could be, and would rather drink out of a cistern over there that had washed off the top of the barn, the sheds, and all the outbuildings around the place and put it right into that cistern there where the seepage of the water drains right back into from the barn, the stables and stalls, and everything draining right back into the cistern. And then we want to ex would drink out of that before or going to that artesian well, there would be something mentally wrong with the person. Amen. That's right. And when a man or a woman will take a denomination on their stand that will permit bobbed hair, wearing shorts, makeup, all this other kind of stuff, and some little kind of a, a program and all this carrying on and can go to the bowling alleys and, and all that nonsense out there and can put up with that and like that better than to do the old-fashioned Word of God that cuts down and hews out and makes ladies out of women and takes them, makes them dress right and act right, takes cigarettes and tobaccos and swearing and cursing and lying and stealing away from you and all the world away from you and give you something that has a perfect satisfaction. Why do a man or woman go to such a thing as that for comfort? How can you get comfort out of that? How could you get a fresh drink out of a stagnated cistern? Why would a person, if a person goes to a stagnated cistern to get a drink when there's an artesian well open, you'd say there's something wrong with that man's mind. And if a woman or a man goes to such a place to find comfort, there's something spiritually wrong with that person. They don't want the Word. It shows that their nature is still a frog or a tadpole or something. 
That's right. Something of that nature that likes that stagnated pool. Because them kind of things won't live in a freshwater pool. They can't do it. It's freshwater. They can't do it. Now, the complaint was they left it. And today, they've done the same thing. Now, look at the woman at the well. Well, she'd come up to Jacob's cistern. And she had been getting water there all the time at Jacob's cistern. But Jacob's uh, cistern denomination, we would call it, because he dug three of them. And this one he had dug. Now, she had a great story. She said, now, our father dug this well, Jacob. He drank out of it. His cattle drank out of it. And everything isn't that good enough. He said, but the water that you draw from there, you thirst again. Have come back here to get it. But said, the water that I give you is a fountain, a geyser, spurting up from the inside. And you don't come here to get it. It's right with you. Notice. But when she discovered that a scriptural fountain had spoken to her, by a scriptural sign that she had been looking for, she left that Jacob's denominational system and never went back to it again because she had found the real rock. She ran into the city. She was through with sin. She was no more a foul woman. She said, Come see who I have found. A man who told me the things that I've done. Isn't this the very Christ? She, that cistern might have been all right. It had served its purpose. Now, she was at the true fountain. The cistern had been all right until the true fountain was open. But when the true fountain come along, the cistern lost its strength. She found there's a better place to drink. And there is a better place. There's a better place, and that's in Christ. In St. John 7, 37 and 38, Jesus said at the last of the Feast of the Tabernacles, if any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink. They were all rejoicing. They had a little spurt of water coming out from under the altar. And, and there they was all drinking from this in celebration the, of the feast. And said, Our fathers drank from a spiritual rock in the water sea. They had hewed themselves a cistern. Some stagnated water they pumped down from somewhere and spurted it up under the temple there. And they would all get around this water and drink and say, Years ago our fathers drank in the wilderness. Jesus said, I am that rock that was in the wilderness. Amen. Said, we eat manna from heaven and God rained it down. Said, I am that manna. That fountain was standing among them. That bread of life was standing among them. And still they did not want it. They'd rather have their sister. Because man had made this and God had sent that. That's exactly the difference dug themselves sisters. He said, If any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He is that fountain. And as the Scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Oh, he is that artesian well. Out of his belly or innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. He is that rock. That was in, it was Hagar's rock in the time of trouble when her baby was about to die, when she'd been put out of the camp and was out there with a little Ishmael. Her water in her cistern that she was packing with her had give out. And she laid little Ishmael down and walked over a bow shot and cried and walked because she didn't want to see the baby die. And all at once the angel of the Lord spoke and she found Bera Barsheba, the, 
the well there that was flowing is still flowing to this day. He was Hagar's bearer of Bathsheba, rock out there in the wilderness. He was standing here in the fountain filled with blood that day, standing there in the temple. Uh, now, time of storm. In Zechariah 13, chapter, he was that fountain opened in the house of David for cleansing and for sin, cleansing of sin. He was that fountain. In the Psalms 36, 9, he was David's fountain of life. He's still that fountain in the house of David, and he's the poet's in his heart. There, poet said, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins when sinners plunge beneath the flood lose all their guilty stains. He is that fountain of life, fountain of water. He is the Word of God. People of these last days has forsook Him the true Word, water of life, and has hewed themselves out denominational systems. And again, hewed, dug, and now... We find out they have bro had broken cisterns. And then this cistern is filled with unbelieving germs, unbelieving, uh, boasting, educational programs, and so forth, which is contrary to God's promises. They're doubters of the Word. Now, these cisterns that they've got, the Bible said, were broken. Broken cistern is a leaking cistern. And it's seeping out. What's it doing? It's sleeping out into a religious cesspool called the World Council of Churches. And that's where the broken cistern is leading them to. All because they have forsook Him and have uh, the fountain of living water and made these cisterns. Digging out big seminary systems of learning, education, and so forth. That's the kind of systems they're digging today that a man has to have a Ph.D. or L.L.D. or Bachelor of Art or something before he can even go preach. Sisters, that has been filled with man-made theology. They take them into these great big schools of learning. And in there they inject into them their own man-made theology. And they send them out with that. What a day that we're living in. Man-made sisters. No trouble. The, no wonder the thing has become a, a stink. Oh, my. It's because that the people drink from that. And when the people want joy today, what do they do? The people, instead of accepting the joy of the Lord, they turn to sin for joy. People who go to church and claim to be servants of Christ, when they get real nervous, they'll light up a cigarette. And when they, when they want to, to have some fun, they stick on their immoral clothes and go out and cut the grass when the man's going by and give him a whistle at him. They do everything to be popular. They want to look like the movie stars. That's their joy. When Jesus said, I am their sufficiency, the reason that they go to that because they don't want to drink from that fountain. They've turned it down. They don't want to drink from it. They join themselves to some kind of a man-made system. Some kind of a cistern is full of all kind of stagnated things that they can go like that. Yesterday, we had the kids up on the river, I believe it was Saturday morning. We went out and Billy had been fishing the boat. And we took the kiddies up, my little grandson and them, my daughter and my little son. And, uh, we went up the river to 
to take a boat ride. You couldn't even take a boat ride on the river for the filthy, dirty, scummy people out there on the river, half naked and carried on. A boat drove up beside us, a bunch of little 12, 14-year-old boys, each one with a beer can in their hand and a cigarette. They call that having fun. Oh, my, how long can this world last with such a system as that? Then to free themselves from the thoughts that when they die, they'll go to hell. The thing they do, they go and join one of these man-made cisterns. So that same type of people belongs in that cistern. It's nothing but a bunch of unclean, filthy, wiggle-tails of the world. And they associate themselves to that because, as my old mother used to say, birds of a feather flock together. They won't come to the fountain and be cleaned up from that life of sin. They want to live out there and still hold a testimony that they are Christians. Why? They've turned from Him the true fountain of joy. Life. Perfect life and satisfaction. That's the reason they did it. Because that they want to join up. They have some kind of people there that believe in that stuff. Here not long ago, Brother Fred and I and Brother Tom, a bunch of us went to a, a noted Baptist church in the city of Tucson to see if we couldn't find a little something that would give us Maybe a little fresh feeling. And the minister said something about the people in Egypt. When they left, they was eating garlic and so forth. They want to go back again and eat that. Said, that's something like people of today. And we everybody said, Amen. Uh, I never seen such a bunch. The whole church lost the sight of the preacher and looked back to see who it was that said, Amen. Like scared them to death. They didn't know what it was. When the David said, Make a joyful noise to the Lord. Praise Him upon hearts. Praise Him with the poultry. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord and praise ye the Lord. God rejoices in His people. Let them of the learn say amen when anything is said right. Why not turn from this system and cisterns of the world to the faithful system of God which is the artesian well, Jesus Christ. Why don't you turn to Him? Where God is our abundant supply of joy, our abundant supply and praises, our abundant supply and satisfaction. The calmness of my nerves comes from God. When I'm tore up, I find my satisfaction in Christ. Not in a cigarette. Not in the things of the world. Not in joining some creed. But in finding Him the promised Word that He said... If I go away, I'll come again to receive you. I find my joy in that. He is my joy. They say today, by joining these things and by making this world council of churches, that they're going to make a better place to live in. To my honest opinion, they're going to make a better place to sin in. That's just the whole thing, sin anyhow. Not to live in, but to die in. Make us a place to sin in instead of live in. Any other thing outside of Jesus Christ and His Word of life is a broken sister. Anything that tries to substitute it. Anything that you try to do to bring you peace. Anything that you try to do to bring you comfort. Any kind of a joy that you receive from anything else is a substitute for this. It's a broken cistern full of filth. He gives perfect satisfaction. I remember here a couple summers ago I stepped out the back door. There's a young snickle fritz out there. It said to me, said, you know the reason you're always talking about women like that wearing those shorts and things? He said, because you're an old man. I said, that's the reason it is. I said, look here, how old are you? He said, 27. I said, when I was many years younger than you, I preached the same thing. I 
found a fountain of satisfaction. He is my potion. Amen. As long as He supplies that, that's the beauty. That's, that's, my, that's my art is looking at Him. Watching His hand work and see what He's doing. There's no other fount I know. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fountain. No, nothing but the blood of Jesus. There is a fountain filled with blood. Drawn from Emmanuel's veins where sinners plunge beneath the blood lose all their guilty stain. I'm telling you, no other fountain I know but that fountain. It cleansed me when I was dirty. It keeps me cleansed because I want to live right at it. Drink this fresh water that's fills my soul with joy. I can be so ever so down and feel that I can't hardly go no another round, can't go nowhere else. Then I can kneel down and put my finger on a promise and say, Lord God, Thou art my strength. Thou art my satisfaction. Thou art my all in all. I can begin to feel something bubbling up for inside of me there. I'll come out of it. As I pass 50 years old, I wake up of a morning, you know how it is, can't hardly get that one foot out of the bed. My, can't hardly do it, and somebody at the door knocking, or Billy telling me to the emergency somewhere, I've got to go, and I think, how can I do, try to put one foot out? I think, thou art the fountain filled with my strength. Amen. Amen. My strength and my help cometh from the Lord. Amen. Thou art my artesian well, thou art my youth. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with the wings like an eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Lord God, this is my duty to go. I'm called to the post of duty. And the first thing you know, something begins to gurgle up inside of me. The other day over to a little place I was having a meeting over here in Topeka, Kansas. There's a boy, a young preacher, one of my first sponsors, Brother Roy, sitting here remembers the place in this in this great place there, there was a, uh, this minister had got under a roof or a place, a sidewall, mashed him down beneath that the little fellow was going to die. His liver was bursted. His spleen was knocked out of place. Tons fell on him. I sat at the breakfast talking to the wife. I said, wife, you know, if Jesus is here, you know what he'd do? I said, when he sponsored me, I believe that word he is sponsoring Christ. And I said, that's a trick of the devil. I said, if Jesus is here, he go lay his holy hands upon him. That boy would get well. I don't care if his liver is bursting. He'd get well because Jesus would walk in there knowing exactly who he was. He knowed his calling. The scriptures was right vindicating in him. He knowed who he was. And not, a, not no shadow of doubt. He lay his hands upon him and say, son, be well. Walk out of there. And I said, there's enough devils in hell to kill that boy then. I said, he'd get well. But I said, you see, honey, he was Jesus the holy hands of God. I said, I'm a sinner. I was born sexual uh, um, birth. My father and mother were both sinners. And I'm just a no good nothing. And I said, but you know what? If the Lord would give me a vision and send me down there, then that would be different. I said, I'd go down and lay my hands on him. He'd come out of that bed if he gave me a vision. Then I got to thinking. After all, if it was the vision... What was it? It was the same dirty hands on him. Amen. Same man praying for him. Amen. Same dirty hands. Amen. Then I begin to think, I am his representative. Amen. Then God doesn't see me. That blood of that righteous one lays up there upon the altar. It makes intercessions for me. Amen. He's my sufficiency. Amen. He's my prayer. He's my life. Amen. I said the only thing that make me 
put my hands on him with faith because I have faith in the vision. And without the vision, the same faith to do the same thing. So I can reckon myself nothing but reckon him my all in all. He is my life. He is my commissioner. No denomination sent me. He sent me. Hallelujah. I go in his name. I lay hands up on him. Walk down there and lay hands on that boy. And that night he was in the meeting solid well. Oh, yes. He's that fountain. No other fountain, no. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I'm a stinker. I'm a renegade. Every one of us are. But before God, we are perfect. Be therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. How can you be because a perfect one represents us there? That fountain is there every day, fresh, not some stagnated something, but fresh every day that washes away all my sins. He is that fountain. Now I close them, I say this. Anything different from this is broken sisters. And will finally leak out what you put in it. If you're putting all your hopes, all your time, and everything in one of those stagnated sisters, Jesus said they were broken sisters. God said they're broken and they'll leak out every what you put in them. You can't go any farther with them because they'll leak out. For He is the only way to the truth, to the life, and to eternal joy and eternal peace. He is the only one and the only way to that. Oh, my. The inexhaustible fountain of life is Jesus Christ. Why? And who is He? The Word. The same. The Word. The life. The fountain. The same yesterday, today, and forever. The true believer hits His supreme joy, His supreme life, and His supreme satisfaction is in Christ. No pumping. No pulling. No joining. No bailing. Just believing and resting. That's what he is to the believing. As we get towards the end of this episode, we'll end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank thee for speaking to us today out of thy word. You said, Heavens and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. Lord, here David was telling us, saying, Unto thee will I cry, O Lord, my rock. Be not silent to me, lest if thou be silent to me, I become like them that go down into the pit. So we thank thee, Lord, that your word teaches us that you know our wants and our desires and our needs even before we even ask them. We thank thee, Lord, that you are such a present God in terms of trouble and you're so concerned about us. We pray, Father, give us faith to be able to access with thy power, that, Father, we might, Lord, have testimonies among us of, Lord, how your power has become manifest in our lives. Take away all unbelief, for that is sin. Lord, we are, like Paul said, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Lord, we are encompassed with a cloud of witnesses. How else, Lord, shall we escape if we fail to believe? So we thank Thee for how You have proved Yourself in this last day. We know truly that Thou art the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so, Father, we go forth, bringing forth fruits meet unto repentance, fruits meet unto the salvation, and, Lord, the word that You've given us in this last day. In the name of Thy Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.
Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, we'd really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you.
praying that we find the strength of the Lord.